0: Welcome back to Spend, Donate, Invest. Today, we're gonna talk about a question that came in from a listener. It's about how to divest from prison labor. So really quickly, let me just reintroduce myself. If you're new, I go by Gigi, that's short for Genet Gimja. I'm the host here on Spend, Donate, Invest. And this is a show that talks about How to reconcile that uncomfortable feeling when you realize that your politics and your values and what you actually do with your money on a day-to-day basis don't really line up. So that's what we're talking about here. A lot of the topics come in from you all, the listeners. Uh, So anytime you have a a request, just send me an email at spenddonateinvest at gmail.com. So let's go back to today's topic. We're going to talk about what prison labor is and how it might be used to create the products that we buy and to address the listener's question about how to divest from prison labor. I'm going to include a link to a report that I just really appreciated reading. It's called Prison Labor in the United States, and it was put out by North Star Asset Management in 2018. It was updated in 2022. It's about 40 pages long, but you know how this podcast works. I will always try to clearly and succinctly convey the information to you in case you're just too busy to dig into it yourself. But if you do have time, I will include the link to this report. Right off the bat, the facts. Prison labor is legal because of a loophole that was created when slavery was abolished in the United States. So this is the 13th Amendment that says that slavery is still legally allowed even today as punishment for a crime. And this is the amendment that is the focus of the documentary called 13th directed by Ava DuVernay. So this loophole was created as a gesture to those who were previously enriched by enslaving um, kidnapped Africans who were brought to America. And then the loopholes were widened when the profits from prison labor started to really roll in. And so, you know, capitalist system, uh, those who were in charge realized, hmm, there's a lot, a lot of money that can be made through this legal loophole. And so the bar for what it took to be incarcerated was dramatically lowered. For example, in Mississippi, if you were convicted with stealing something worth about $280 in today's dollars, you were incarcerated and then put to work as prison labor. And that's not just in the olden times. We see that right now, too, this week, today. It's happening right now. And that is the the lowering of the bar for what it takes to get incarcerated, which is what feeds the prison labor machine. So for the sake of time, I won't go into the report's very clear explanation of the tie between restricting immigration and increasing prison labor. That's another very interesting aspect to this. So given our culture, our our system of capitalism above all else, uh, that's our orientation as a country, it's no surprise that America has one of the highest incarceration rates in the world. Uh, You know, I had always read that Americans had the highest known incarceration rate in the world. But then when I was researching this episode, I learned on the uh, website for the National Institute of Corrections, which is a federal agency, that Seychelles actually has a slightly higher rate of incarceration than we do. So I'd be very curious to know uh, about the prison labor in other countries with high incarceration rates. But here in the U.S., there are millions of people that are incarcerated. And by and large, if they're able-bodied at all, they work. They might be doing labor for the government or maybe for private corporations, but they're working. They're not unionized. They often don't have a choice about whether or not they will work, but they are working. They might be paid pennies on the dollar or they might not be paid at all. The range of pay that I read about in the report for one company that runs private prisons was about 16 cents a day on the low end, up to 50 cents an hour on the high end. I'll repeat that again. The range of pay for people that are incarcerated at this private prison, people who are picking crops, working in slaughterhouses, refurbishing furniture, creating electrical components like wiring, the pay ranges from 16 cents a day to the high end, which is 50 cents an hour. There is a very small portion of incarcerated people that are being paid minimum wage of $7.25 an hour, which is still too low. We'll do a separate episode on minimum wage if you want. Just let me know. But whether you're getting paid $0.16 a day or $0.50 an hour or $7.25 an hour, which is very rare for incarcerated people, um, the thing is some of your wages will be garnished for your room and board in prison, or other expenses like victims' restitution, et cetera, et cetera. One of the sinister things about this issue is that there's just really insufficient regulation and there's no clear information and data about what exactly is being allowed in each state. And what exactly is being hidden behind prison walls? Prison labor used to be advertised openly, but nowadays it's a secret. Most Americans aren't aware, and they'd be horrified to know the conditions that prisoners are working in to create our everyday items. It's hard to even know which companies are using prison labor. Between suppliers and sub-suppliers and sub-sub-suppliers, there are many layers of secrecy. For example, Old-school plantation type of work, harvesting crops, is prison labor. But if the crop is processed by one supplier and then transformed into another ingredient by another supplier, by the time it ends up in the retail product, product, you and I are going to have no idea. And there have even been cases where companies didn't know about the prison labor hidden in their own supply chains. I do believe that. I don't think that's the case the majority of the time, but... I do believe that has happened. But we also know that companies who know they're using prison labor to create their products usually go to great lengths to hide that from us as consumers and investors. I had forgotten about this until I was reading the North Star report, but they mentioned the big scandal back in the 90s when it was revealed that Victoria's Secret garments were being made by prisoners. And then I definitely wasn't aware that Walmart had incarcerated people to build a distribution center for them. You might remember, you know, pre-Bezos Whole Foods back in 2015 when there was a backlash about some food they were selling that was made with prison labor. In the report, there's a list of products that are believed to be made by prison labor. I'll go Through it really quickly here. Vidalia onions from Georgia, watermelon from Arizona using Colorado incarcerated workers. Interesting. Idaho potatoes, Washington state apples, processed foods, furniture such as desks, office chairs, dorm beds, solar panels, clothing and footwear, eyeglass lenses, cleaning supplies. All of these are believed to be made with prison labor, dental laboratory products, industrial materials, packaging, wiring, IT materials, lumber, tire retreading and vehicle painting, construction safety clothing, fences, park benches and tables, outdoor park signage, trash cans, printing, mailing, digital imaging services, latex balloons, call center services. So the logical next question is, so which companies are the ones who are selling products made with prison labor? And the answer is, it's a secret. It's an intentional secret. It's hard to know for sure. In the report, they do provide a link to a list of companies that are super involved in this shady industry association that promotes the use of prison labor, but Either they've taken it down or my computer was just seriously blocking me. Uh, I tried multiple times, but it's on page 32 if you're listening to this at a later date. Maybe the list of members will be available again. I found another really interesting resource called Prison-Free Funds. And so what I was looking for was to see if there are index funds that are prison-free, both in terms of not having private prisons, uh, who are publicly traded, as well as prison labor involved companies, you know, included in the index funds. And it turns out someone has done this research for us. Actually, they also include information about um whether or not. So you may have another index fund that you currently hold. You can look at their scoring to see how they score on this particular issue. So you can take your index fund or mutual fund or ETF that you already have. And what you'll do is you'll look to see what the score is that it has on these issues. And you can decide if you want to keep your investment or if you want to divest from it. Or maybe you are looking for new investments to make, you can absolutely use this resource, uh, Prison-Free Funds, to look to find an index fund or mutual fund or ETF that scores really well and you want to add it to your portfolio. I'm going to include the link in the show notes, but it is prisonfreefunds.org. Prisonfreefunds.org. So to recap... Slavery is still legal in America; still legally allowed. The loophole is the Thirteenth Amendment. It says that slavery is allowed as a punishment for a crime. Uh, almost all incarcerated people are working if they have been deemed able-bodied. Many are not paid. Some are a few pa- are paid a few cents an hour. A very small portion are paid minimum wage. And that's before wages are garnished to pay for room and board and other expenses. It's impossible to know which foods we eat and products we buy are being made with prison labor. There are some index funds and mutual funds and ETFs that you can check out on prisonfreefunds.org. Or you can look to see how well your current investments are Stacking up on these issues. And that is, you know, I wanted to really directly address the question that came in from the listener on how to divest from prisons and prison labor. I know there are some personal finance experts that listen to the show. I want to point out page 12 of the report, where there's information about this system of slave based securities that was created in America and then purchased by, you know, wealthy Americans and Europeans. If you're not a personal finance expert, You know how you can put down your house as collateral if you take out a loan? Basically, apparently, they used to do that with Black Americans. You literally can't make this stuff up. So I'll include the links to the report, but then also the prison-free funds if you're looking to uh, just change up your retirement accounts. So that's it for today. If you have time, read the report, y'all. It's such a good read. If you think a documentary film makes more sense for you, I mentioned 13th, directed by Ava DuVernay earlier. Like all issues discussed on this show, let's push for systemic change while doing what we can in the meantime. Thank you to the listener who suggested the topic for this week. If there's another topic you'd like to hear covered here on the show, please send an email to spenddonateinvest at gmail.com. You can check out the website, which has lots and lots and lots of episodes. Uh, the web address is spend donateinvest.world if you're feeling the vibe here on the show please send an episode to someone who you think might enjoy it too that's the best way that you can support that's all for now i hope you enjoyed today's episode let's talk again soon